And now those beautiful words from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's gospel, the words that that great gospel song were singing. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So the year was 1994, and I was actually in the middle of what I now refer to as my superwoman phase. Did any of you have one of those? I was co-pastor of a large church at the time. I was deeply involved in community action projects. I was working on my doctorate and raising three children under the age of eight at the time. All at the same time and with fairly high standards. And I have this vivid memory of one afternoon that actually made me question my life's choices. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. I was standing in my bright, white, clean kitchen. I was stirring a pot of pasta while reading a book from my class and listening to the clerk of session on my telephone, on my ear. This is the olden days, there were no cell phones, right? On the big phone, on the ear. Right about that time, my three-year-old, Rachel, came running in, breathless and full of some kind of news. Mommy, mommy, she said. And so I kind of hugged her to my leg like we do with our kids, and I tussled her hair, and I kept on listening and reading and stirring. Mommy, mommy, she insisted, I want to tell you something. So without missing a beat, I just picked her up. I sat her right on the kitchen counter so she could tell me what she needed to tell me. Still on the phone, still stirring, book still open. Mommy, are you listening? She said. Yes, sweetie, of course I'm listening. Glancing at the pot, making some kind of listening sound to my clerk of session on the phone. Are you really listening? Oh, absolutely, I said. Book still open, glancing at the pot. I will never forget what happened next. Because that's when her chubby little three-year-old hands went to my face. She put one on each side of my face. She turned my face to look directly at her and she said, Mommy, this is important. I need all of you to listen. (laughs) Nothing but full eye contact and undivided attention would do. Rachel might might as well have said, what do you really treasure, mommy? A well-run house, a clean kitchen, an on-time dinner, your work, your class, or me? Mommy, this is important. I need all of you to listen. This morning, we continue our sermon series 
called the heart of the matter. And we continue to explore what scripture teaches us about investing and spending our lives. And today we hear these familiar words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your treasure matters, says Jesus. What you treasure, how you treat your treasure, what you do with that treasure, it matters. It matters because ultimately it reveals your heart. So this morning, my whole sermon boils down to one simple but profound and troubling question. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? It's the question asked by couples who are struggling in their marriage. It's the question asked by any appeal for charitable giving. It's the question asked in every decision we make between competing agendas or competing interests. Where is your heart? And if Jesus is right, and I believe he is, the answer begins with our treasure, with what we hold dear and what matters most. The answer begins with our time, with our love, and with our money. Our time, our love, and our money, that's our treasure. So where is your heart? Let's start with calendars. Your calendar. You see, time is precious and limited. So when Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, he asks each of us, he asks every family, he asks our church, how do you spend your time? What do you get involved in? And what do you leave undone? A young family that I knew was going crazy with all of their kids' activities. Literally, every day of the week, there were practices and classes and rehearsals, and the parents finally had enough. They realized that they had to cut back. They had to do something. They weren't spending their treasure of time in healthy or loving ways. So they did what many families have to do. They, they sat down their young sons and they carefully explained to these boys what was happening and what needed to change. They told the boys, you're gonna have to choose. You're gonna have to choose which activities to keep, which activities to give up. You gotta choose. The boys were relieved and they were ecstatic. And without hesitation, they announced, no problem. It's an easy decision. We'll just stop going to school. <laughs> Where is your heart? Just take a look at the most frequently called or texted numbers on your smartphone. Numbers that have nothing to do with your work. Numbers that have nothing to do with your work. Those numbers most likely have something to do with love. 
When Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, he calls us to love well, and he calls us to love deeply, to pour our love into what really matters in the kingdom. I guarantee you today, if you were to take one of the smartphones away from a member of our PNC, and you were to look into their call log or text log, you would find that they have each other's numbers on speed dial. Those 10 men and women who have served on our PNC, they have been working for 13 months. They have poured their love into this work. They have loved God, they have loved one another, and they have loved this congregation well. They have served you well. And it would be okay right now to say amen. amen. And now they have a new number on their smartphones. They have a new name on their smartphones. Someone they have come to love deeply. And I guarantee you, it's killing them not to be able to talk about their candidate to you. For 14 days, they cannot talk about their candidate. So please, don't give them a hard time, okay? Be nice to them. And miracle of miracle, this candidate on their smartphones, this person they have come to love, this person has begun to love them. And this person has decided to pour love into this place, Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, love enough to become your pastor, and they don't even know you. That, my friends, is a true treasure. Where is your heart? Well, let's not forget to take a look at your bank account, how you spend your money. When Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, he actually means that we're accountable for our selfishness, for our greed, for our materialism, for our lack of concern for the needs of the world. Pastor and author John Piper puts it this way, the person who thinks that we make money to increase our comfort on earth is a fool. Wise people know that all of their money belongs to God and should be used to show that God, not money, is the true treasure. Where is your heart? What is most precious to you? And does your phone log, your calendar, and your bank account reflect your heart? Friends, these are profound questions. These are questions that are difficult to answer, sometimes painful to reflect upon but they are utterly essential to the life of faith. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus paints in broad sweeping strokes a picture of a new kind of life, life as a disciple of Christ, life as a participant in the kingdom of God. And Jesus reminds us that this new way of life includes our treasure. Be careful of your treasure, where you invest it, how you invest it. You see, Jesus reminds us that the stuff of our lives is fleeting. Our time and our love are fleeting. Belongings can be stolen or destroyed. Stock portfolios can lose value at the whim of the market. 
Jobs and positions of importance are only as lasting as the next buyout or reorganization or new boss. Our importance in the lives of our children even diminishes as they grow and leave home. So if your heart is bound to these things, if it's tied up in these things, you will be disappointed. You will be hurt. You will be discouraged. No amount of money, no amount of success, no collection of nice things or nice friends or, or nice community leadership positions will ultimately satisfy our heart's desire or ultimately give us peace, security, or rest. We know this, don't we? But we live as if these things, this stuff of our lives, this busyness of our lives is of ultimate significance. And so often we commit our time and energy, our love and money without recognizing that our hearts are restless for something so much more satisfying. Friends, hear Jesus' word today. Listen to Jesus remind us that our hearts, they ultimately belong to God. That the precious and grace-filled part of life for each of us is the part that points to and participates in the spirit of God and in the building of God's kingdom. We are created for a relationship with this God. And we are to consider that relationship in all we do, in all we collect, in all the ways we spend our money and our time. And it's in this relationship and only here that we find our security, our peace, and our joy. So where, where is your heart? In the excitement of this morning's announcement, in the excitement of the coming of a candidate to preach and be accepted as your pastor, I still have to stand here today and remind you it's stewardship season, right? It's that time of year that comes around every year when the church asks each of you to prayerfully consider your financial gifts for ministry and mission in this place. And yes, to commit to a certain amount of money in a pledge for 2019, to write it down, to turn it in. We're actually bold enough to invite you to put your treasure here in this place. We are bold enough to suggest that your treasure belongs here because your heart belongs here. Amen? That didn't sound very resounding. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Now, don't get me wrong. I know that the church, the church isn't the heart's true home. I know that the church isn't Jesus. I know that the church isn't the kingdom of God. Believe me, if anyone knows that, I do. But the church is God's plan. The church is Jesus' plan. 
for helping people understand the desires of their restless heart, for introducing people to the power of a relationship with Jesus, for building the kingdom of God. So let me ask you one last time, where is your heart? I urge you to place your heart safe and at home in God's mercy. And I urge you to invest your treasure, time, love, and money to bring others to that mercy and grace as well. Amen.